0: This is Sydney. And I'm Cher. And each week we get together to share with you a message of hope. It is through our own study
1: and our personal experiences that we offer the reminder to not only seek the light,
0: but be the light. You can find peace and there is hope.
1: And as long as one of us is slightly caffeinated, there will be laughter. Today's episode is forgiveness. And we're so glad you're here. I'm
0: forging my way through the tip tip top on living. Through the drip, drip, drop. When he turned, All right, Sydney, why is it good for us to forgive?
1: I did read a very important quote that I think is the first step, because let's be honest, forgiveness is a very heavy topic. So I found the first step. And this quote says, sometimes the first step to forgiveness is understanding the other person is a complete idiot. And I liked that. <laughs> I <laughs> Not my too. fault. This is your fault again. I love that. Yeah, read that it again. Good. Okay, sure. Sometimes the first step to forgiveness is understanding the other person is a complete idiot. I think we're done. I think so too, because if you just constantly took no blame, but always just thought to yourself, that poor soul is just an idiot. I'm going to have to rise above them and forgive them because they don't have the wits about them the way that I have my wits about me. Mm -hmm. Poor person, I forgive you. Even though it's like 98% of the time my fault. But that's not what we're here to discuss today. I'm going to forgive other people for being an idiot.
0: I think that there's a lot of wisdom there. I love it. I think I actually want to hang that on my wall.
1: I feel like it goes with your parents' energy, the kind of stuff they said. It just reminded me of your mom would say it.
0: Yeah, that does sound like my mom. Only she'd probably be calling me the idiot. She'd like, I'll forgive you,
1: you idiot child.
0: Yeah, it does. It goes into her, the Lord says to forgive everyone, but he never said you had to be stupid.
1: I think that's already very important. The two steps that we've just talked about are really important because forgiveness is not always easy and it's not always fun. And sometimes it doesn't feel possible. I agree. Just yesterday, I was sitting with a mutual friend of ours. We were talking about forgiveness because she said, what's your next episode on? And I told her and she said, you know, I feel pretty lucky that I've never had to forgive somebody at a very deep, deep level. Little things. Yes. Yes. But there's never been anything in my life that I've had to truly forgive. And I feel pretty lucky. And I thought, I'm on the other side. I've had to forgive some people for pretty big things. And I also feel like that's lucky because I now understand that if you forgive someone, I understand the power that's there. I do believe there are certain things that you can't explain. You can only feel. And forgiveness is one
0: of those to me. Have you ever had to ask for forgiveness? I'm not an idiot, so no. (laughs) (laughs) I just know that I've had to do that in front of my class a few times. You don't mean to say something and you just accidentally, something comes out wrong. And then when you say it, you just destroyed some kid's life for the rest of eternity. So I always said that if I mess up in front of the class, then I'm going to own it in front of the class. And I've had to ask for forgiveness in front of multiple teenagers a few times. And the thing that I've always been amazed with is how forgiving every single one of my students were. They accepted it. There wasn't one time that they said no I probably still ruined their life, but at least they accepted the apology. Yeah, you took care of your steps, like you're covered. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) When they go to
1: therapy, the therapist will say, but did she say sorry? And they will say yes, and then they're like, well... She did her part, so this is on you now.
0: Oh, so you covered yourself. I hope that doesn't happen. That's the oh, same with so scary. with my
1: children, though. Mm-hmm. I've had to apologize to my children several times. I'm like, look, I've never been a mom before this, and I'm making a lot of mistakes. And I'm really sorry. That's a very common phrase in our home. Is I'm really sorry. You apologize to your students. I apologize to my children even though they're the idiots.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I did find something that I thought was interesting from John Hopkins University. They said this about forgiveness. Studies have found that the act of forgiveness can reap huge rewards for your health, lowering the risk of heart attack, improving cholesterol levels and sleep, and reducing pain, blood pressure, and levels of anxiety, depression, and stress. And research points to an increase in the forgiveness health connections as you age. I thought that was really interesting that medical researchers have found that forgiveness is actually good for your health. And further, one of the doctors, her name is Karen Swartz, she said that there is an enormous physical burden to being hurt and disappointed.
1: I find what's interesting, there's a physical burden to being hurt. They're finding that, and I've mentioned the book, The Body Keeps the Score, before, but people who have been abused as children especially or have been in any kind of traumatic situation soldiers or being a witness to a terrible accident it says the body keeps the score meaning your body holds on to these terrible situations and it remembers it. even if you try your darnest to not remember what's happened to you or what you've seen or what you've been through that your body is still holding on to it and you will see it physically you'll see it with your health. It's interesting to me that even inflammation is a side effect of different kinds of trauma. So I do believe what she's saying. It's true. And it's interesting that no matter whether it was a soldier at war who saw something terrible or a helpless child who had abuse at a young age, they will in their adult years see the similar effects of it in their body depression, anxiety, inflammation, and heart issues. So it's true your body does carry a burden, but I think through the steps that we'll be able to see that you can overcome a large portion of that and fight against it.
0: Yeah, and that's what she says. She lists some steps to help us As she said, develop a more forgiving attitude. The first step is to reflect and remember. This is what she said about reflecting and remembering. She said that includes the events themselves and also how you reacted, how you felt, and how the anger and hurt have affected you since. I'm going to be honest. I really didn't understand this first step.
1: Well, don't you worry. I'm here. I gotcha. (laughs) I understand this first step quite well and quite personally. My perspective of this first step is that you actually cannot forgive somebody truly until you've spent time reflecting on actually what's happened. And for me, I had to forgive several people for childhood abuse. What was interesting is that I could forgive some people incredibly easy. And then there was a certain person that no matter what I did, I just felt like I would never forgive this person and I would never be able to. And I'm sure other people are in a position now or have been where they truly did not believe they'd ever be able to forgive somebody, that they worked harder on just forgetting the person or forgetting the situation than trying to forgive because it's a real feeling to feel like what the person has done to you, you will never be able to forgive. And I found it interesting at the beginning of my therapy how easy it was to forgive some and how impossible it was for to give some other people. And it was surprising who it was as far as like who did something and who didn't protect or situations like that. And it was several years of EMDR where you do remember and you do reflect and you do go into those memories. It was because of the reflection and remembering and replaying the situation that eventually through
0: the power of God, I swear, I was able to forgive everybody involved that is amazing that you were able to do that truly that is incredible it felt
1: impossible at a time and like i said in the beginning there are certain things that can't be explained they can only be felt and it was the power of god and as i've been preparing this i found that i keep thinking of scripture stories of forgiveness because god has to be involved and sometimes we think to ourselves that We're too inadequate. We're not equipped to forgive somebody as we are or alone. But then we have to remember we're not alone in this and that other people have forgiven people for severe situations. And we can, too. But for me, there's no other way other than
0: involving God a lot. I think you just summed up exactly where we're going with this episode. And that is important to remember as we're talking about this. For both of us, forgiveness has to involve God or else it just hasn't worked. Okay, so that was the first step. Her second step is empathize with the other person, which is difficult to do and sometimes I don't want to do, but that's the second step.
1: I'm going to testify that these steps are true so far because in the process of forgiveness for myself, it did require reflecting and remembering, and then the second part was empathizing with the other person when i did the emdr therapy and i saw the scene again in my mind i remember seeing the person and my therapist said let that person have it tell them what you want to say because that's part of emdr therapy is you go back to situations and you take control. And what that does is it takes these terrible memories that weigh you down and you get to do what you wish you would have done or could have done when maybe you were powerless or out of control. You get to not necessarily change the memory, but take control over it. And what that allows you to do is to not have terrible memories hold you down, but accept what's happened, have some control and move on. So when she told me, she said, Look at that person as an adult now and tell the person what you would love to say. I remember in this moment feeling so much compassion for somebody that I thought I would never feel compassion for. And I saw them and my heart just softened. I saw them for the things that they had gone through for their own life. I didn't see this person as our relationship, but I saw them as another soul who has had terrible things happen to them. I saw another person with just terrible cards dealt to them. I was able to empathize with them. And I feel strongly that compassion is one of the key components to forgiveness. When you soften your heart and you see the bigger picture and you see the person as a real human, then you can have compassion. And I had nothing bad to say. I didn't take the opportunity in my brain to say, well, let me tell you what's up now. (laughs) No, there was no bad feelings. It was just, I'm so sorry. For what you have gone through and i see now that this is a cycle but luckily i'm a cycle breaker bam good job for real
0: i'm glad you're a cycle breaker the third step she listed is to forgive deeply she said that you shouldn't do this just because you feel obligated to she said those who only forgave in an effort to salvage the relationship wound up with a worse relationship.
1: Oh, look, I'm going to talk again. (laughs) I remember pretending to forgive people because it was the Christian thing to do. I remember going through the process of addressing the situations and saying to myself, okay, I forgive because that's what God told me to do. But it took being really honest for myself. I'll share with you what my visual was. Try to see this. When I went into therapy, I saw a huge rug and there was lots of bumps under the rug. So it didn't lay flat There was a hidden mess under it. My job at therapy was to pull back the rug and whatever was there, face it. And I would do this. And that's my visual that I would see. I would start flattening out the rug and making it beautiful the way it's supposed to be. But there'd be all these bumps still that I'd have to uncover. I realized in this that I wasn't being completely honest with how I was feeling and what I was going through. And I felt like a bad person that I actually didn't forgive some people. I just said it, and then I shut the door. So I was like, okay, no problem, this is fine. But the real feeling, the deep feeling, was that I hadn't properly forgiven people. That is so important for your own personal soul to truly let go and forgive. It is a very beautiful experience if you're ready to pull the rug up and face whatever is under it. It creates a beautiful space once you're capable of doing that.
0: That's really good, and it actually leads right into the next step which is let go of expectations, what that means is you're going to find it in your heart to forgive, even if the other person never apologizes to you. Basically, she just says, if you don't expect anything in return, then you won't be disappointed. This is about you forgiving and not what the other person's choices are going to be.
1: I love that. And I just love the idea of not waiting for someone else to apologize, because that's kind of what you're taught as a child go say sorry, now say it's okay, and move on. I think we just kind of skip over the important step. The first time that I went into therapy, for real, went into therapy. I tried twice before and it was a total disaster. But the time where it was successful, I remember sitting there and thinking to myself, okay, I'm gonna do what I did the two other times. I'm just gonna be like, hey, this happened It's fine. I'm okay. And she just threw a curveball at me because I sat on the couch and I said, okay, this is what my childhood was. This is what I'm struggling with, but it's okay. And I'm fine. And she looked at me and she said, it's not okay. And you're not fine. Let's start there. I think we skip over that sometimes. I needed to hear that from somebody and it hurt so deeply and it was very painful. But if you don't get into where the wound actually is and address it properly, and take care of it and mend it properly, it is always going to reopen and re-hurt. So there's going to be pain. But if you get in and actually do the proper work to clean it up, then the steps that come after, the healing, the wholeness, the forgiveness
0: is a beautiful experience. Also, it sucks, but it's beautiful. The next step is decide to forgive. She said, once you make that choice, seal it with an action. So if you don't feel like you can talk to that person, write it in a journal or talk to somebody else about it like you've done. Yeah, I'm but, talking to so many people about it all the time. <laughs> Lucky people. But that's what you're doing is you're selling it within action. You're choosing to take control over the situation. And the last step is to forgive yourself. She said to recognize that whatever happened is not a reflection of your worth. And I love that because it isn't a reflection of your worth. But that's, I think, at least for me, the hardest thing is to forgive yourself.
1: Maya Angelo she talks about forgiving yourself. Something she says about this is that if you're going to live, you're going to make mistakes. And it's so hard to accept that sometimes, especially when your mistakes affect other
0: people. Yeah, that does. It makes it really hard to forgive yourself and to move on. But that's actually what we're going to talk about. We want to talk a little bit more about forgiving others, about forgiving ourselves and turning to God and asking for forgiveness. Let's talk about forgiving others a little bit more. Do you know who Gary Ridgway is? No. Do you ever watch crime
1: stuff? Apparently not. (laughs) Okay. He was charged and admitted guilty to killing 48 women when he went to court. It's a horrible story yeah, you're welcome. <laughs> Happy New Year. Oh, gosh. <laughs> so they filmed when he was going to court and they allowed the family of victims to come in and talk to him. And family member after family member would get up to the mic and stare at Gary. And they would say the things that you would think people would want to say. They would say, you are a monster. You have ruined our life. You have taken away someone we love so much. I hope you burn in the depths of hell things like that appropriate (laughs) and comment after comment he sat there with no expression on his face he was a complete stone until a man got up this was robert rule and he was the father of one of the 48 women and he was a big bellied big beard man and he walked up to the mic and he looked at him and he said this there are people here who hate you i am not one of them you have made it difficult." to live up to what I believe, but it is what God says to do. And that is to forgive. You are forgiven, sir. With this comment, Gary Ridgway broke down into tears. He heard comment after comment of, I hope you burn. I hate you. We hate you. But when this man, a father got up and looked at him and said, I forgive you, sir. He broke down in complete tears and was a mess. How did he do that? That's amazing. He did it because of God. Again, Mm -hmm. that's what we're going to see over and over. Maybe someone out there is forgiven truly from their soul without God, but I do not understand that for myself. The reporter covering the story said that this was the ultimate act of human kindness. And one of the first comments said this was
0: not human kindness. This was divine kindness. Honestly, I don't know how anyone could do that without divine kindness But it goes back to what Karen Swartz said from John Hopkins, is that to release those physical burdens that for your own health, it's necessary to turn it over to God. And in my own little brain, how I look at it is I will forgive and I'll pray that I can forgive. But after that, I let God take care of it because God is going to take it from there. And Gary Ridgway is going to be in God's hands, which is going to be a very difficult situation for him to face God in the next life. And I'm glad I'm not God and I don't have to sort it all out. I'm grateful for that. So if I need to find in my heart to learn and to practice forgiveness, because I'm not perfect at it, but I'm practicing and trying to learn to forgive after that, it's in God's hands and and God will sort it all out. Thank goodness. Cause I, I don't want that job. That's a terrible job.
1: And God sees the whole picture. And that's really important to remember I got a glimpse of that with my recovery and forgiveness process that I got to see a greater perspective of somebody who I just did not have good feelings towards, but I got a tiny little glimpse of maybe what God sees. I do feel grateful that God gets to see the entire picture from the beginning to understand that why someone made a decision they did and why or how they ended up where they are or that this person really is just an idiot. And well, there's a place prepared for them.
0: Yeah. (laughs) Well said. I know I've talked about this before, but when I think of forgiving others, I think of Abraham Lincoln and Frederick Douglass. Of Of course you do. (laughs) Of course. (laughs) But I love that Abraham Lincoln, he spoke over and over again during the civil war about forgiving the South. Hundreds of thousands of Americans on both sides were being killed. And during this whole Stretch of time, Abraham Lincoln just kept saying to the North, We have to forgive the South. He talked about mercy. He didn't want all of the leaders of the South executed. He didn't want all the soldiers who fought against the North rounded up and tried and executed. He didn't want that. He wanted forgiveness. And the reason is because he understood that there had to be a cycle breaker just like you are. He needed that cycle to stop because if the North didn't forgive the South, then the South would want to then get even with us. And then we'd want to get even with them. And then the cycle would have just kept going. He wanted it to stop. And that meant forgiveness had to be brought into the national dialogue. And Abraham Lincoln, he appealed to the reasonable people on both sides in the North and the South to heal the nation. And I think that is really important. That's what he taught to everyone. We've got to turn to God and ask for forgiveness. So this stops. And Frederick Douglass, he was a slave. And this is what I found describing Frederick Douglass. It says that he was an African-American abolitionist, an orator, a newspaper publisher, and author. He became the first African-American U.S. Marshal and was the most photographed American man of the 19th century. I did not know that last part so I just wanted to throw that out.
1: I didn't know either. There Though you go. last time you talked about him I did Google. There were several pictures.
0: Right? Yeah. There yeah, there's quite a few of him. So he was a slave and Frederick Douglass ran away and I just wanted to read what he wrote his owner cuz I thought this was really interesting. He said, "It is 20 years since I ran away from you or rather not from you but from slavery and since then I have often felt a strong desire" To hold a little correspondence with you and to learn something of the position and prospects of your dear children. They were dear to me and are still. Indeed, I feel nothing but kindness for you all. I love you, but hate slavery. So I think Frederick Douglass is giving us one of the keys to forgiveness. He made it clear that he loved the family, he loved the children, he wanted to know how they were. He loved them, but he hated slavery. He's teaching us that you don't have to like the behavior. You don't have to embrace the sin, but you can still love the person. And that's what Frederick Douglass is doing. He's still loving the family that enslaved him. And he's making it clear that it's slavery that he hates, not the family. Also, he never, ever wanted to get revenge or get even. And that's what Abraham Lincoln taught too, is we're not going to try to one-up them. We're going to let it stop and we're just going to forgive them. When I was reading this, I thought about the situation that the world is in today and in our country, people are yelling at each other and they're always trying to one up each other. Well, this person said this, so now I'm going to say this and one up them. And all that is doing is escalating that hatred towards each other. And somebody that's all of us needs to stop and just forgive. You don't have to one up them. You just forgive them. That's exactly what you did is you forgave. You stopped the cycle. Somebody needs to be the first to step up and forgive.
1: Listening to Frederick Douglass's letter reminded me of this quote. It says, to forgive is to set
0: a prisoner free and discover that the prisoner was you. Oh, that's good. Which actually leads us to our next section, which I think is super hard. It's forgiving ourselves. This is a rough one. I have less to say about this one. (laughs) It is
1: hard. Mm -hmm. I think deep down, we know we could be better than we are. And so we disappoint ourselves and forget that we're human and we make mistakes. We forget so often our hearts are in the right place and yet we still hurt others.
0: And we don't want to.
1: Or sometimes we do.
0: (laughs) Yeah, that's true. This reminds me of a few years ago, I was over a girl's camp and There were quite a few girls involved. And one of the things that we did is we set up a hike. And on this hike, they had to go to different stations. And at each station, there was different life lessons at each part. And also, not only did they have to go to these different stations, but they had a set of rules that they had to follow. And some of the rules were each girl had to have their own backpack. They had to have their own water. And they couldn't take anything, nothing from anybody else. So if someone offered them something, they could not take it. That was part of the rules. And they also had to stay on the path that we gave them. They could not go off the path. If they went off the trail, they broke any of the rules, there might be some consequences if they did that. Well, what they didn't know is that we had some little demons running around trying to tempt them. They were tempting them with cold water, with soda, with treats, plus there were other people that were just walking around looking for anyone breaking the rules. If they broke the rules, the girls were given rocks to carry in their backpacks. Now, these rocks were all different sizes. Some of them were little tiny pebbles. Some of them were a little bit larger. Some of them were quite heavy, just depending on whatever rock was available. (laughs) That's what the girls got in their backpack. Well, as we were doing this activity, there was a leader that stopped me and she said, I don't think this is fair. She was there with about 10 other girls. And I said, why, what isn't fair? And she had this story about how there were girls running off the path to get soda and treats. And then they were getting like small little rocks in their backpack. And then they'd come running back. And she said, but my girls didn't take anything. We didn't take one treat, not one soda. In fact, a girl dropped her backpack and things fell out of it. And so we went off the path to help this girl pick up her backpack items. And all we were doing was helping her and we got all these rocks and some of our rocks are heavier than the girls who took these treats. And she was very upset about I this. I love that I was the leader. That's it's upset. Was. She's was like, this lesson is dumb. It's true. And I loved all the girls were in the back like, yeah, yeah, <laughs> it was good. And so I just let her vent and get it all out. And she made it very clear that she didn't take any drinks. They didn't take any snacks and they were helping people and got the bigger rock in their backpack. So I had the rule sheet in my hand. I held it up and I looked at it and I said to her, where in the rules does it say you have to keep carrying rocks around? Her Eyes kind of went up and you could tell she was thinking. And then all of a sudden, it was like a light just went on and she stomped her foot and she turned around to all the girls and she said, I get it. She said to her girls, we don't have to carry these stupid rocks around anymore. She took her backpack off and she pulled out her rock and she said, throw them on the ground, get them out of your backpack. And I watched her give this beautiful mini lesson to these teenage girls about the atonement and forgiveness and carrying around guilt and burdens for no reason. And it was absolutely beautiful.
1: I love this so much. (laughs) No,
0: it was one of those moments that I will never forget. I was really grateful I got to share that moment with all of the girls because it really was a light that went on and we don't have to carry around. When we're talking about forgiving ourselves, our Savior... That's why he came here. And that's why he did what he did with the atonement is so that we wouldn't have to carry those burdens around. He said, give them to me. And at the very least, he's going to help us carry them around. In fact, I have a quote from President Camille Johnson. She said, this metaphorical backpack is where we carry the burdens of living in a fallen world. Our burdens are like rocks in the backpack. Generally, there are three kinds. The first one is rocks there out of our own because of sin. The second one, rocks in our backpack because of the poor decisions, misconduct, and unkindness of others. And the last one, and rocks we carry because we are living in a fallen condition. These include the rocks of disease, pain, chronic illness, grief, disappointment, loneliness, and the effects of natural disasters. And so we're just lugging all of these things around. And this actually leads us to the last section we want to talk about is God and forgiveness. Camille Johnson said, I joyfully declare that our mortal burdens, these rocks in our figurative backpack, need not feel heavy. Jesus Christ can lighten our load. Jesus Christ can lift our burdens. Jesus Christ provides a way for us to be relieved of the weight of sin. Jesus Christ is our relief. The feeling of being freed from pain, distress, or worry. He said, come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. I love that lesson. Here we are in this world and we're walking around, all of us with our backpacks full of just Burdens, grief, fears, sins, hurt, loneliness, and despair, and all of these things. And we're walking around trying to carry them, but we don't have to do it alone. Jesus Christ has asked us, he said, turn to me and I will give you rest. And I find such comfort in that. We don't have to carry and pull around this huge, heavy backpack on our own, that we have a God that is willing to carry it with us. Or to take it from us. And I find such comfort in that.
1: I love most about the story. Where in the rules does it say you have to keep carrying this? I feel as much of a aha, I get it, as she does. That we carry things that we don't have to carry doesn't mean we get to dump things out immediately all of the time. We don't get to say, I'm done with these rocks and throw them. I think it's important to remember that there's a process to everything and things take time and that's okay. There's a process to healing and there's a process of grieving and there's a process to forgive. The important part is that we're not alone in any of the processes if we choose to let God in. While preparing this, I did think to myself that it's quite easy to come up with reasons to not forgive because maybe the person isn't sorry. They don't think they've done anything wrong. They don't think they're guilty. Maybe they never will apologize. Maybe the hurt that they've caused to you, the effects of it will last your lifetime. And also just like the leader said that maybe it's just not fair. And I think that's a real concern when trying to forgive someone that what they did, what they said wasn't fair. This reminds me of a story I once heard about a little old frugal lady. The whole town was very surprised when she was the first to get electricity put into her home. And her accountant in a meeting said, how's the electricity? How does that feel to have that? And she said, oh, it's wonderful. It's delightful. And he said, I do have to ask though. I was looking at bills and yours is extremely low for having electricity. And she said, oh, well, that's because when it gets dark, I turn the light on long enough to light the candles, and then I turn it off again. <laughs> when I remembered that story along with forgiveness, I thought the same idea of carrying around something we don't need to carry around. We have access to so much light, we have access to lighten our load, and so many of us choose to live in darkness still. And from my own experience, it is turning to the light of the world, our savior, and asking for help to forgive. And if you are in a position where you're just not sure you're ready to open that up yet, that's okay. It's a process. Some people in my life, I was able to forgive immediately. And some, it truly took a lot of work, a lot of effort, a lot of prayer, even fasting to get to the place where I truly could forgive. And if we choose to do the work and go through the process of forgiveness, then we have access to greater light within our own souls. If we choose to lift up the rug and face what's under there, there will be a whole lot less tripping over the rug and our lives can be a lot smoother as we go forward. There's a lot of stories in the scriptures about forgiveness, and I couldn't decide which one I wanted to share because there's so many, which only proves how important forgiveness is. But one story I've always really loved is when Simon invites Christ to eat with him, and Christ would often eat with people no matter their position, no matter if they, as were called in the time, sinners, he would sit and he would eat with them. Simon, it is said that he invited Christ to come eat with him, but he wasn't really warm. It was the custom of the times to treat a distinguished guest with marked attention, to receive him with a kiss of welcome, to provide water for washing the dust of his feet, and oil for anointing the hair of the head and the beard. All of these customs were ignored by Simon. When Christ came in, he didn't do any of them. And some say on purpose to kind of backhandedly invite Christ in. But at the time when people would eat, it was not uncommon for people to just walk in while they were eating. And this is when a woman walks in. Among those who entered Simon's house while the meal was in progress was a woman. This woman was one of a fallen class, a woman who had been unvirtuous and who had to bear as part of the penalty for her sins outward scorn. When she came in to Jesus, she approached from behind and bent low to kiss his feet as a mark of humility on her part and of respectful homage to him. She may have been one of those who heard his gracious words spoken, possibly that day. Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Whatever her motive in coming, she had certainly come in a repentant and deeply contrite state. As she leaned over the feet of Jesus, her tears rained upon him, seemingly oblivious to her surroundings and the disapproving eyes watching her movements. She wiped the Lord's feet with her tears and then anointed his head with oil as a slave might do to his master. Simon had observed the whole proceeding, and he said to himself, not out loud, this man, if he were a prophet, would have known who and what manner of woman this is that toucheth him, for she is a sinner." At this time, Jesus, he knew what Simon had thought. And Jesus said to Simon, Seest thou this woman? I entered into thy house. Thou gavest me no water for my feet, but she hath washed my feet with tears and wiped them with the hairs of her head. Thou gavest me no kiss, but this woman, since the time I came in, hath not ceased to kiss my feet. My head with oil thou didst not anoint, but this woman hath anointed my feet with ointment. And then Jesus would look at her and he would say, thy sins are forgiven. And Simon would say, who is this that forgiveth sins also? I love this story so much because it illustrates how God knows our hearts and he knows that we are trying. A woman who lived a reckless life, who may have indeed heard, come unto me, ye who are heavy laden, and because of what she heard, decided to make changes in her life. And who is this that he also can forgive sins? It is Christ. He can forgive us and he can help us forgive others. This for me illustrates that we need to let other people change and how important forgiveness actually is.
0: And this leads us to our final thoughts. President Gordon B. Hinckley said, somehow forgiveness with love and tolerance accomplishes miracles that can happen in no other way. The great atonement was the supreme act of forgiveness. The magnitude of the atonement is beyond our ability to completely understand. I only know that it happened and that it was for me and for you. The suffering was so great, the agony so intense, that none of us can comprehend it when the Savior offered himself as a ransom for the sins of all mankind. It is through him that we gain forgiveness. We know that forgiveness is a hard topic, and we know that all of us at some point in our life will struggle to forgive others or ourselves. But through the atonement of Jesus Christ, it does provide a healing miracle that Sydney and I don't understand, but it is possible, and it is powerful, and it does happen. And if we can allow our Savior to help us carry our burdens or take our burdens from us, there is a power where we can be healed, and we don't have to carry around those burdens anymore, whether that's physically, mentally, or spiritually spiritually. Our Savior is willing to do that for us because He's already done it. We just need to turn to Him.
1: Our challenge this week to you is to remember that there are no rules that say you have to keep carrying the heavy burden. We challenge you to do something this week to help lighten your own load, whether that is forgiving yourself or or forgiving someone else. We challenge you to take one step in the direction, whether it is a prayer or journaling or reaching out and saying sorry to somebody. We challenge you to take one step in the direction of forgiveness that is needed in your own personal
0: life. Let's do everything we can to lighten that backpack we've been lugging around. This is our prayer.
1: From Sydney and Cher. Have a great week.
0: I'm forging my way through the tip tip top I'm drip drip drop when eternity plan i just can't stop i'm making my way through the drip drip
1: drop
0: it's blooper time
1: hold on who doesn't google beer bongs before forgiveness episodes forgive uh, me
0: everybody <laughs> everybody does it
1: because I'm like what does beer wrong <laughs>
0: <laughs> we're gonna forgive Rudy for what the heck is he doing I do not
1: know head banging That's... his head against the bed he's
0: like make this episode stop <laughs> <laughs> I, like,
1: I hate this I'll never forgive her for the stupid <laughs> treats I get I didn't even feel emotional today so let me just like numb it like I do just kidding <laughs> just kidding <laughs> spent too much on therapy to numb it <laughs> I wasn't even feeling emotional today it's because I'm stressed out to go to the mall I was feeling good too Jamming to good music, drinking (laughs) lemonade, flavored (laughs) pre-workout. Not really lemonade.
0: Caffeinated. (laughs) Have a great week.